Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I am your host. Here on The Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth and legacy businesses, how you can build businesses and wealth that would outlive the founder and have sustained impact, not only over time, but also over space. And we have these conversations in an environment of authenticity, curiosity and vulnerability, inviting guests all over the world to share a tip or two on how we can take our businesses from lifetime to legacy. This week, I was joined by such an interesting, insightful lady, Hilary Truong. Hilary works as a mother-daughter dynamics coach. She helps daughters and mothers um, through education, healing and empowerment. She's leading, as she says, a mother-daughter revolution because we deserve more from and with each other. But in order to do this, we have to understand the truth about our dynamics. Hilary also is the world's first luxury lifestyle advisor for conscious women who are ready to elevate their relationships through bespoke travel experiences. She, we had such an interesting conversation on the evolution of her work, why she's so passionate about helping mothers and daughters and her mission to reach over 100,000 mothers and daughters through education, healing and empowerment. So tune in and enjoy. Hi, Hilary. Welcome to The Connected Generation. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, Nikkei. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really happy to be here with you. Yeah, I mean, when we got connected, I must say, I, you're the mother-daughter concierge, just how you describe yourself. I'd never come across anything like this. So I was so excited for this opportunity to kind of dig deeper and learn more about your evolution, the work that you do, etc. So I guess, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, well, it is a definitely a, there's some history there. Um, so I, I actually started as a therapist for um, families and with a specialization um, specialization in teen girls, and it was in that work that I would see over and over the breakdown between mothers and daughters, and um, how much responsibility we were putting on teen girls to navigate their way through that stage in their life. And um, as a trained family therapist, I wanted to bring the mom into the room. I wanted her to join us instead of doing more of the same that was happening at home. Um, You know, I know for me as a teen girl, my, my bedroom door would be closed as much as possible when I was home. Right. And my mom would be on the outs as far as what I would share with her and what was going on in my life. And, um, from my own personal experience and then from seeing it with these girls, I just decided, you know, I have to find a way to bring these moms into the room. I have Mm -hmm. to find a way to create a team between the two of them. Um, And having never learned about the mother daughter relationship, because no one's really talking about it. It's not taught in graduate school and psychology programs. um, I was on a mission to figure that out. And so I learned about um, the dynamics um, from a lot of pioneers in the, the field of um, feminism and um, mm-hmm. and brought that to my work. And then I 
I saw a bigger picture of what I could be doing from there um, with a mission to really touch as many women as I could and share this information about what happens between mothers and daughters is so much bigger than each of us and um, the solutions to our relationships as well. It's powerful. You said when you were in therapy, you observed that there were responsibilities on teen girls that maybe they shouldn't have been bearing. Can you elaborate? I felt like the dynamic set up between teen girls and parents, but specifically mothers, is that like mothers are told, oh, you have to let your teenagers go, right? You have to let them fly. You have to let them figure things out on their own. And while Mm -hmm. some of that is true, of course, you don't want to be... you know, making all the decisions or doing everything for them. The emotional part is still very much, there needs to be a connection there. Um, Mm. Teen girls need their mothers. So, you know, they're the ones that teach them how to be a woman in the world. And um, they really how to handle their emotions. They're their model. And um, when moms listen to all the noise about what they should or shouldn't be doing, think they they get caught up in I want to do it right but I don't know how to do that right um and so in the meantime girls are often left emotionally on their own kind of expected to grow up sooner have more responsibilities take care of everything don't have the support they need right and just educate me a little bit and the distinction between how moms treat teen boys versus teen girls for instance Mm, I think Mm. there's some more coddling there Right. Some more handholding, some more taking care of. Um, it's actually, it's one of the dynamics in the mother-daughter relationship is this resentment that daughters sometimes have for sons, um, for their brothers, and how right. much more is expected of them be- simply because they're female. And um, every every girl I've worked with who's had a brother has felt that way. My brother oh. doesn't have the same expectations as I do. That resonates. Um, I was going to say, you look like you feel that. (laughs) Definitely resonates. And where do you think that comes from, the story that a teen boy needs more cuddling than a teen girl? I think it's it's wider than even that stage of development. Um, I think that's how we raise our sons. Um, We take care of them. Um, I mean, I know for me, I'm raising a boy. He's only five, but he is attached to me. And um, in a different way where it's easy for me to just love on him, you know, because he wants that. He craves that from me. And if I'm not aware of, you know, my what I expect him to do, that's the same as what I expect of my daughter. We could get caught in that cycle as well. I I think we sometimes put more pressure on on girls who are female in this world, right? Because we think I've got to arm her for the world. I've got to protect her. I've got to teach her how to take care of herself. I to teach her how to stand up for herself and, and not be too emotional. Um, but in the meantime, we stop taking care of her. Mm. And you mentioned that, you know, in your journey in this space, you've kind of found answers in research and through other pioneers in the feminist movement, et cetera. Can you shed light on that? Yeah, sure. Um, I specifically Carol Gilligan. Um, she's done a lot of research, um, you know, around teen girls specifically, adolescent girls. Um, and then there's another pioneer in the, on the mother-daughter attachment um, theory field. Um, her name is Rashka Hasseldeen. Um, she is someone that I've trained with, and now I'm part of her faculty where she teaches therapists how to 
heal the mother-daughter relationship, how to understand it and, um, and support their clients in a specific way that's specific to the mother-daughter relationship. Right, right. And I guess what would be the symptoms of some kind of dysfunction is a very harsh word but mm-hmm. an, a non-optimal mother-daughter relationship and not necessarily even with teen girls just for folks yeah. that are listening and maybe they have pretty average by their reckoning relationships with their moms um, just give us a picture of what does a healthy relationship look like in an unhealthy relationship sure um yeah, I do. I think it's an important distinction. I'm I'm talking about teen girls, and that's because it's where I came from. Um, but of course, the mother daughter relationship goes across the lifespan, right? And um, so there's many stages. Typically, I'm seeing mothers and daughters if they're coming to me for support. Um, they're coming during a stage in their relationship they're having a hard time navigating. Adolescence happens to be the first one after the daughter's born. So there are many years in between the daughter being born and adolescence where, you know, um, mothers and daughters have this certain rhythm, how they relate to each other. And then with this, this new phase in the daughter's life, there tends to be um, difficulty and um, more, you know, um, they sort of have to recalibrate with each other. And then it happens again when um, the daughter moves out on her own and begins her own life, when she um, chooses a life partner when she becomes a mother and the mother becomes a grandmother, um, mm. when the mother retires, when the mother's elderly, there's there's many stages in the relationship, right? So typically, mothers and daughters tend to struggle around those times in our lives, which also happen to coincide with milestones, right? So mm. if we think about, you know, a daughter's wedding day and all the stress, right? And if that mother and daughter aren't in harmony of how, you know, we're a team in this, I'm going to support you. We're on the same page. We have a language where we can openly talk about how we feel. And the daughter can say, mom, you know, you're pushing too much. Like I, this is not something I want. This is getting too far away from my dream. Right. And the, and the mom's able to say, you know what, I've, I've always dreamt about this day. I didn't have the wedding I wanted to have. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't get to have as much control and I'd really like to be able to choose some of the things in your wedding, right? If they're not, if they don't have this open communication where they can um, have empathy for each other and really listen to how the other feels, it becomes stressful and difficult to navigate through that. And then these beautiful moments in our lives are, are not the way that we want them you know, we want to remember them or we want to experience them because of this conflict that we've had. Right. Um, when you were mentioning all the different kind of life stages that the daughter and the mother may be going through, um, I was particularly intrigued by a couple of them. Um, daughter moving out mm-hmm. and wedding day or at least coupling up and then forming your own tribe. And can you share more light on those two particularly? Yeah, I I do think, um, you know, those are times when the mother and the daughter have to find their own role. And um, I'll share another layer here that um, in the mother-daughter relationship, there's a flow of care and it's always going from mother to daughter, no matter how old the daughter is. So that means mom is always taking care of daughter, right? She's always sort of leading. She's always um, making sure her daughter is taken care of emotionally. That's her role. And so when the daughter moves out and she's on her own, mom has to find a way to take care of her own emotional needs. 
whether that's through her partner, her mother, her friends, right? And when, if the mother is not doing that and sort of relying on the daughter to help her feel better, like, I miss you. I want you to come home. You know, this is really hard. You know, Mm. she's lonely in the house or whatever's happening for her. um, That's going to put a strain on that relationship. Um, Mm. And so those natural challenges that come up with those changes, that loss that the mother's feeling, are going to come out. And the best way for them to come out is with other people and then honest conversations, but not expecting the daughter to take care of them. Right. Um, you know, I work with a lot of girls who are in college and feel this, you know, I feel so sad for my mom, you know, based, sometimes knowing their mom's depressed at home because her whole life was raising her, right? Or that right. was her whole role. And so that's where that, that dynamic gets, you know, a little tricky where the daughter feels pressure. Um. And with respect to, on the mother's side, two events I'm quite intrigued about, um, potentially divorcing Mm. and losing a spouse to death. Can you speak Mm. more about those and how that impacts on the relationship? Absolutely. You'll see that there's connections here between all the stages where open communication and um, relying on the right people and the right supports to help you cope in those situations is absolutely important. Um, You know, when I shared before about the pressure of daughters, all daughters feel it no matter the birth order, but the eldest daughter in particular feels the heaviest burden to take care of their mom, their emotions, right? When these things happen. Um, And so in really difficult times like that, um, you know, I have personal experience with that as well where, you know, you want, you don't want to see your, your mom hurting. You don't want to see her struggling. And so you Mm. want to help in any way you can, but it's, it, it can turn into resentment and guilt and regret that those things happened because you weren't able to focus on your own things, you know, your own life and what was happening for you. Um, and in turn, you were, you know, were taking care of someone else who, um, needs to have a network of other people to lean on. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on that, um, say, for instance, you said the pressure is particularly heaviest on the eldest girl. Mm-hmm. Um, what role could the other siblings play in providing this support, particularly the male siblings? Mm. Yeah. That's a great question. Um I think being aware of these dynamics and knowing, um, you know, this could very easily fall into my sister's hands and, you know, and be a pressure for her. Um, We see that a lot, right, with elderly parents and daughters being the ones who are the caretakers. Um, I think with sons and and brothers being aware of, you know, it's all of our responsibilities. You know, it's, it's, this is for everyone to be, you know, contributing and, and playing a part in this and understanding the, the pressure that naturally happens um, with specific families, whether I'm traveling with a mother and daughter, or whether I work with them privately, we also always look at the generations of women that came before them and what the mm-hmm. patterns were in the family. Um, because, um, I mean, and like it, like everything else with families, you know, it tends to repeat itself. So if we're aware, right, like imagine, you know, a sister being able to sit down with her two brothers and saying like, hey, you know, let's talk about this. Like, 
mom used to take care of, she took care of Graham and Graham took care of grandmom, you know, and, um, I don't want that pressure. That's a lot. I have my own family or I have my own business or, you know, I have my own life and I want to make sure that everybody is a part of this, um, this care, this plan. And, you know, and also that we have the same expectation on, on mom and what Mm. she can do herself. Um, and of course, linking, you know, looping and mom into that conversation too. But then the, then the siblings, and when I do it with a mother and daughter, they're doing it together. They talk about, okay, what do we want our new patterns to be? What do we want to mm. change from the past? And, and what do we want this to look like for the future? Not only for us, but for future generations of right. mothers and daughters that, you know, are to come. Um, and so a lot of that is um, women being able to ask for what they need whether that's mother or daughter, right? So in this example, we're talking about the daughter being able to say, hey, I need help. Mm. This is too much for me. And I need mm. everybody to help. Not me. Mm. I need you to help the family. Mm. You mentioned the importance of like a support network. Um, can you speak more to that? I feel like um, modern day society is so isolating and women um, don't rely on their tribes. Like historically we would do in more ancient cultures and we're a lot more community oriented and and so on and so forth can you speak more to what you meant by the importance of the support network I'm presuming for both mother and daughter yes absolutely but it is more for the mother so that she doesn't um so that she sees clearly like that her daughter is not meant to be a support for her um, of course, oh. it's someone she loves and spends time with, but that she's not there to support her in her struggles. Um, a listening ear, of course, right? But she's not the one um, who is meant to hear all of the issues that, that you're dealing with, that the mom is dealing with. Um, because it it brings the daughter out of touch with herself. Because mother and daughter have such a deep love for each other right? When the other is hurting, we just want to fix it. We just, right. you know, we want to just make it better. Right. And so carrying, carrying that around when we can't, um, it's a lot, it's a lot of weight, you know, that we're carrying this pressure around. And so if we think about daughters sort of being sandwiched in between, I've got to take care of my mom, I've got to take care of myself, I've got to take care of my children, um, and many other things, right? But if we just think about daughters, I'm just taking care of myself and my children, right? Mothers, I'm just taking care of myself and my children, right? We're taking off this like load, you know, and we're talking about how do we get more support? It's really kind of unloading responsibility mm. too onto the right people. Mm. And um, and so sometimes, of course, that's asking for help. Um, but probably what comes before that is ask is knowing what you need knowing exactly right. what you need from other people in order to ask for that. Right, right. I'm intrigued. To what extent do you think kind of ch- changing gender expectations and gender roles in society plays a part in these mother-daughter relationships? Um, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it would change everything. Mm-hmm. It would really change everything. Um, you know, I think that, as women, we're, we're sent messages that we can't have the voice that we naturally want to have, right? Um, you know, we know Carol, Gil- Carol Gilligan has done this research on girls at 10 um, 
their self-esteem drops, their confidence drops, and um, they start to lose touch with who they really are. Before that, they're carefree girls bouncing around, you know, exploring so what everything. At 10? What happens at 10? They start to become more aware of the world and what their what the expectation is on them, who they oh. are supposed to be, what they're supposed to look like, how loud they can be, um, how much they can really um, just be honest about how what how they really feel and what they really need. And so they start to pull back wow. who that real girl is. And um, when they do that, they stop asking for what they need. They lose confidence in how to be assertive, assertively ask for what they need so that they're not, they're not too aggressive, right? They're not mean. They're not seen as rude. Um, so all of that plays a part. And, and it also is, you know, the daughter's watching the mother to see how to do that. And if the mother hasn't done her own work, which, I mean, let's be honest, it shouldn't have to be work, right? We shouldn't have to like work through, okay, how do I ask for what, what I need? How do I be honest about how I really feel? I'm afraid of what other people will think or say, or, you know, will they listen to me? Um, mm -hmm. If she's done that work, I mean, I, it's sad when I, when you think about it this way, but if we think about 10, at 10, girls start to lose that piece of themselves. And then maybe at 40, women are able to say, I don't care what people think anymore. I've gotten to this place where I know who I am and I believe in myself and right. And that's just, it's a time of like reinvention. That's 30 years of their life that they've got these wow. behaviors down pat where they silence themselves and just forge on. If we could not have every woman lose 30 years of her life to the patriarchy and to, you know, ex gender norm expectations, then um, yes, absolutely, we would have a different world. Yeah. Right, right. So tell us more about your work. I know you work privately with mothers and daughters, and you also um, train therapists. Can you share more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I, I work privately with mothers and daughters who um, want to work through a stuck point in their relationship. Maybe um, they don't have any communication. Maybe the communi communication they have with each other is really stressful and they're unable to move past um, this point in their lives together in, in the way that they always hoped. Um, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about the relationship is that when, when a daughter is born, every mother who holds that baby thinks about all that lies ahead, right? All the possibility. And so when things are stressful, um, it just feels like this is unnatural. This isn't how this started, right? This isn't what I had in mind. Um, so I help mothers and daughters work through that. And, um, you know, internationally, this crosses cultures and, um, and races. And, um, you know, we all feel this in, in the same way. Um, and then I, I teach for Rashka Hasseldeen. Um, she has a um, a school for therapists. Um, and so I teach therapists, um, again, internationally, um, many countries are represented and, um, I teach them how to incorporate this into the work about the dynamics between mothers and daughters. And then, um, I, I, um, have this fun twist on helping mothers and daughters and elevate their relationships. So, um, I do that through travel um elevating and celebrating their bond um whether they have something they want to work through or they feel like i love my daughter and i just want to celebrate that and or the mm -hmm. daughter you know loves her mother and wants to say thank you for all the sacrifice you know she she did for her um we do that through 
through travel and having an in-person um, sort of an intensive experience together. That sounds pretty neat. Um, I'm intrigued because you have a global lens and you've served mothers and daughters around the globe from different cultures. Um, what are the cultural nuances you, you're observing in the work that you're doing with with respect to these mother-daughter relationships? Yeah, um, I would say outside of the U.S., I think there's more of an expectation um a more even more of like a cross to bear that the, the daughters are just um have more pressure on them to take care right. of their mothers um there is a faculty member um of, of on the teaching faculty um that specializes in um black mothers and daughters and she um has some really interesting um experiences and also uh, research that, you know, she's correlating how mothers and daughters, um, how, you know, slavery plays a part and how, you know, right. um, how black girls in, in the U S now, um, you know, are expected to grow up so much faster. Um, you know, I'm talking about, um, girls in general, um, how much they're expected to be responsible and take care of everything. But I would, you know, um, black girls are expected to grow up even a few years before that, um, right. and just being completely responsible and, and the effect that has on that little girl and, and what she loses, um, I, I would say, you know, that crosses cultures. Um, but there, there's an, a, a particular, um, issue there, mm. um, between those mothers and daughters. Yeah. And what would what would you say it does to, I guess, the individual as they mature in life, um, the daughter that has had to grow up really early, um, and then specifically the mother and daughter relationship? I think with with the daughter, it's this pressure she puts on herself um, mm. to be super responsible, to have it all together. Um mm maybe to even always be craving this approval of, you know, please tell me that I, I did this okay and I'm good enough. And have I met, you know, the expectation that you set for me? Um, mm. Because that's really where that comes from. Um, you know, and, and daughters are rather than daughter, letting daughters just be who they are, mm. seeing what comes from that, guiding them, of course, parenting them, keeping them safe. Um, but also just allowing her to, be herself and and see where she ends up um and so I think on on the mother's side some of that it they may never even know unless the daughter shares it right right but she's probably had the same experience herself as a daughter and, and so like, like you said the pattern is just repeating itself mm-hmm. in the community not just in the household um mm-hmm. right right um any lasting words, anything you'd like to share with the listeners um, whilst you're here? Yeah, I will. I hope that this um, sparked some intrigue because obviously um, we are all, you know, sons or daughters, right? And um, have had some sort of experience with this. Um, I think consider, you know, think about the, the mother-daughter relationships around you and how they affect the family because it really isn't just between the mother and daughter even though it's talked about like it's isolated in the family, like, Oh, that's their problem. That's a dynamic between the two of them when it really is, is the whole dynamic in the family. Um, it's just setting that mother and daughter up to, to struggle with each other. 
um, I think like, um, like you had said, you know, thinking about um, what more sons can do, what more can right. we ask of our sons? What more can we teach them um, so that we can support the women in our family more emotionally? Right, right. And um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, learn about more about your work, learn more about your services, how best can they reach you? Um, my website, hillarymay.com. And um, I tend to hang out mostly on Instagram um, and share about my travels and, and inspiration around the relationship. Incredible. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Hilary, for shining a light on this very important conversation. Like I said, um, you're a pioneer in this field and um, thank you for the contribution you're bringing to the family enterprise space. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love the work that Hilary's doing and after some internet stalking, <laughs> it is allowed, it's called research, um, on Hillary, there was an article that I just absolutely loved and the she was asked, how is the work that you're doing helping to make a bigger impact in the world? And I just wanted to leave that with you as something to ruminate on and something to take away. She says... My vision is to change the mother-daughter narrative for future generations of daughters. I believe we all have the power to rewrite our relationship story. I believe in a world where girls know and embrace their true selves without question. I believe in a world where mothers reject the pressure to be and do it all. I believe in a world where daughters feel heard and accepted for nothing other than being true to themselves. I wholly support female empowerment, freedom, and inclusivity. I hold hope, heal hearts, and change lives, and make relationship dreams come true. I have a goal to impact 100,000 women through story, education, healing, and connection. The ripple effect of this will be impact generations of mothers and daughters incredible thank you so much for tuning in take good care and god bless you